Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good rainy afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Matt Catrillo here with you, sticking it out as Ida continues going through the valley. And Steve will soon be in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, all new pre-owned inventory. And a great service department and great sales staff as well. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Humble's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. We'll get to sports in a sec, but do want to reiterate some of the updates we have on Ida at this very moment. And, of course, we'll continue these updates throughout the rest of the afternoon and evening on WKOK.com and on our Facebook and Twitter pages. So the National Weather Service has a flash flood warning for all the valley until 6 p.m. tonight. And only a couple of business closings for this afternoon. We had many school districts dismiss early. Those have all obviously now finished for the day. The only business closings we've had so far is the Her Memorial Library, which is now closed, and also Union Snyder Community Action Agency operating virtually through the rest of the day, and the PA CareerLink offices in the central PA region are now closed as well. So we have any updates, we'll pass those along to you. And then as far as travel goes, we're actually pretty good on the roads for the most part so far. But of course, if you see any problems, please let us know. But so far, we've only the only thing we've heard from PennDOT is there is a 55-mile-per-hour speed restriction on I-80 through the entire area. And the city of Sunbury has now placed the flood closures on Market Street near Zimmerman Dodge. That occurred earlier this afternoon, so that part of Route 61 Market Street in Sunbury is now closed because of the flooding. And that's all the traffic we have for you at this point, so hopefully it'll stay that way. But again, if we have any updates, we'll pass those along at uh, WKOK.com and also on our Facebook and Twitter pages. And if you see any storm damage, flooding damage, major flooding, you have a video or photo you want to send to us, send, send that to us over at newsroom at WKOK.com, and we'll definitely be glad to share that and as we continue to see the remnants of Ida come through the valley. Now we get to what we've seen with the sports side of things today. And, of course, we'll get to more Penn State nuggets from Steve coming up here. we kind of gone through what we're starting to look for early on. It did get announced today that Jacksonville is going to host Packers Saints Week 1. It looks like the Saints are not going to be in New Orleans for quite some time because, of course, Ida being the first being first hit by Ida. 
that is a Category 4 storm, of course. And there's obviously millions of power outages in southeast Louisiana and New Orleans, so luckily there's no damage to the Superdome, but Packers Saints will be at Jacksonville in Week 1. That was announced earlier today. And now a lot of debate... I don't want to say debate, but... Well, I guess debate. And a little bit of chaos around coaches that may or may not have considered vaccination status of players when making their cutdowns to the 53-man roster, which was due yesterday by 4 in the afternoon. And the biggest one, of course, surrounds Cam Newton, who was surprisingly released by the Patriots, and now Mac Jones is the starting quarterback. Cam started every preseason game, only played a handful of series in each game, but had that had to leave the team for a medical procedure of some sort, and he then had was placed on the COVID list. He's not vaccinated, and Coach Belichick was asked several times if that played a factor, because of course there's stricter guidelines for unvaccinated players than there are for vaccinated players. And Urban Meyer. I don't, I don't want to say stupidly, but I, I think honestly, but maybe stupidly and from the PR sense, because the Jags had to put out another statement today and it's kind of made this whole stir. And apparently the NFLPA now is looking into this when he mentioned yesterday that he did consider is, is Gardner Minshew on the show vaccinated players or not. What's that? Is, is Gardner Minshew on the show there? <gasps> no. Oh, I was hoping we get the New Eagles starting quarterback on the show. Uh, No. Listen, if we if if we're at a point where we have to get him on the show, then we got some major problems. We've had the suit on. Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. That is right, but I would consider this even a step further down the down the ladder. A debatable point. <laughs> oh my goodness! Good to be with you. Uh, I had a friend of mine bring up to me today about no depth chart for football. And I said, I said, how does it affect you? I said, not in the least. I said, it doesn't affect me at all. I said, you know, I, I said, you know what's interesting about this? Um, you, you know, yesterday I was, um, Jack and I did an event yesterday morning in Pittsburgh. Okay. And good friend of mine. In fact, he's been on the you know he's been on the show with us before. Uh, Paul Alexander. He's telling this great story. Yesterday. About being up in the pirate broadcast booth. And in being up there. Uh, this was before Greg Brown. So the pirate announcers had all this, like all this information up on you know they've got it up on the tape to the windows, note cards all over the place, dealing with um, 
you know, every stat you can imagine, blah, 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 blah. Um, and so, uh, uh, And Jack Buck, Joe Buck's father, the legendary Jack Buck, walks into the booth and he looks in and he says, looks around. He was just coming in to say hi. He says, and he sees all the stats all over the windows and the walls and everything like that. And he says, no offense. He says, this job isn't that complicated. (laughs) And he's right. Uh,. The job is not that complicated. You know, I've told you many times. I mean, look, everybody, there's a degree of difficulty to anything. Look, we have Purdy Insurance on. Could I sell insurance? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I could not. <laughs> I'd be lousy at it. Um, so, I yeah, obviously, I'm doing what I'm probably best at. So, to me, it's easy. And I agree with them. It's, the job's not that complicated. If uh, you don't have a depth chart. Well, if you look out there and six is in the game, Ches Malusi's in the game. If the tailback is eight, well, by golly, it happens to be uh, uh, it happens to be Jalen Berger. Got it. <laughs> now I know that it always drives would drive the suit nuts because the suit we'd be on talking about this stuff. I don't complicate things as. Matt knows I don't complicate too many things. <laughs> you really don't, no. Because it's not that complicated. And early in my career, it's not a question I do less. I actually do more in terms of getting ready. Most of it's a just-in-case, and a lot of it is mostly with the pregame show. And I'll give you an example in baseball. You've got a lot of stats in baseball. The one thing you don't want to do in baseball, for example, is the guy's at the plate, and now you want to look down and you want to find a note. Right? And all of a sudden, somebody's getting picked off, or there's a pitch in the dirt, or whatever. Your job is to keep your eye on what's going on out there. And if you can slip in something comfortably and easy, you do it. If you can't, you don't. The audience doesn't know what you don't put in. You do, but the audience doesn't. Well, maybe you can comfortably put it in later. You know, like between innings, you can look and see, okay, you know, here's Matt Catrillo at the plate. Hey, you know, Matt's, you know, four for his last eight at the plate, whatever. Yeah. And you can mention that. Sure. Yeah. He's four for his last eight on Sundays when the sun is going down. Hmm. It's a lot of information there. But you do a comfortable, your job is to tell everybody what you see. It's not that, you know, try to uncomplicate things as much as possible. So back to Gardner Minshew, not on the show. You know, Matt probably felt it would have complicated the show to have him. I got it. No good! No good! No good! See, there's another guy that doesn't un- doesn't complicate things. Doug Birdsong doesn't complicate anything. Also true. Right? Just doesn't. And then there's Friday nights. The definition of complication. 
S-U-I-T. That spells Suta. He completes most of his passes in the third quarter when the moon is full. What? What are you talking about? <laughs> Even Dave Virtue's looking over and confused like, what the heck are you talking about? <laughs> Wow, the Washington Nationals are going to cut scouts. They're going to go. Um, they have eight scouts. They're going to cut it down to six. Uh, baseball is going in a very odd direction. Odd. I know there's video available. I know there's stats available. But there is still incredible value on eyes on subject at time. Incredible value. Where you can look and with your own eyes experience can judge what you're seeing. It's not, for example, like I haven't had to, okay, let's look at today's practice. I'm going to look at the video, and, you know, I can at least get a real. But actually physically being there, what a difference it has made for me in my preparation to get ready for a game that I have had the ability, okay, to um, see what's going on firsthand. It really makes a big difference. Big difference, and that I, I just—I mean—you can get a feel for the speed of something. You can get a feel for uh, what somebody can and can't do. And you can take a moment and really zero in on something. And I, I think that when you start cutting scouting positions. And you're going to rely strictly on, hey, we got the video, we got the numbers, we're good. I mean, I think your odds of finding the right person diminish. I really believe that. I I think it is anybody who takes away the ability to get a trusted scout and what they think, where you're taking eyes off, oh, no, I've got... now, it's an extreme example, and it's only a movie. But there's a movie that Clint Eastwood did entitled Trouble with the Curve. He did it with, um, I believe, Amy Adams is in the movie. Um, Justin Timberlake, I believe, is in the movie. And Old Time Scout versus the New Age Analytics guy in the in the organization for the Atlanta Braves. Now, again, do analytics help? Do numbers help? No doubt. Can video help? No doubt. But I still think there's great value in actual eyeballs. Seeing seeing something, seeing something in person. It's a different feel, a different vibe. You know, we talk about the ability to call a game off a monitor versus a game in front of you. It's just, it's two different worlds. Kind of like Matt in 
the suit doing this show. Two different worlds. Now that I can say is true. One with the ability to land the plane, the other one with the ability to circle a fogged in airport. <laughs> Back oh, my almighty! Back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right, great to have you with us on the show today. High School Football Roundtable will be tomorrow. Looking forward to uh, that, week two, where uh, hopefully we'll be able to next week talk about touchdowns. There'll be no touchdowns to talk about on the show tomorrow. Sealands Grove, Shigalemi, and Lewisburg, I think, combined for, what, three points last week? That is correct, and they came from Lewisburg. Yeah, so we'll have to, you know, we'll get into that and talk about that when we get the opportunity tomorrow. But you know what? You make uh, your greatest improvement between week one and week two because now you have at least a feel for um, what you have, what you don't have, and how to approach it and attack it. Makes a big difference. So we'll get into that with Greg tomorrow. We'll get into that tomorrow with um, the Chief. I guess the suit is still sitting there thinking they're going to score. It's a good question. But in this case, I can't blame him. It's been a rough couple of years. Yeah, but he's still sitting there. Tried to tell him. Like, it's time to go home. Get ready for the next game. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Motors 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kier, routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Lincoln Kia Hyundai, great new inventory, fabulous premium inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. It is all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Obviously, that that, that touchdown shikalemi thing is from the archives. Huh. Get the lingerie on the deck, call the janitor. 
I talked about the greatest improvement that you make is from game one to game two. Doug Birdsong did pose this question. Steve, the big question is now whether the suit will make his most improvement between the first and second game. Oh, my almighty! It's a fair and legitimate question. He's probably back there pacing and angry. Well, he'll find out this Saturday when Bucknell opens up against Sacred Heart on the road. It's great to have Dave Chikini on the show, by the way. It was good to hear from Coach once again. I believe Nick Tarburton's brother is on the Bucknell team, right? I'll have to confirm that. Does anybody there know anything about any of our local teams? Or does the guy 75, 80 miles away have to know all this stuff? What's what's going on here? Hey, really? You know, it's like, I asked the suit a question. Like, hey, what about this? I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, great. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yeah, just check it. I I think Nick Tarburton's brother's on the team. Yeah. All right. Speaking of angry, always pacing. Brian Tripp, sir. With that, we bring in my good friend, Brian Tripp. Sir, welcome. Great to have you with us. Steve, great to be with you. You know, I was just sitting here bubbling over with anger, waiting and waiting and waiting for your call. I know. I understand that. I understand how it gets, the pacing, the look. I know. Where it gets piercing. (laughs) So, uh, October 3rd, and a lot of home games in the non-conference, Brian. Um, I think they've got, what, one with North Dakota down where the uh, the Preds play, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what's it going to mean to this team to, to just get back in front of fans in Pagula with the number of home games that they have early in the season starting October 3rd? Yeah, I think it's really good, and the schedule matches up well with home games and football weekends. So you have a Thursday, Friday, and then a football game on Saturday, or even that first series is a Sunday, Monday, which is a little bit unique after a football game on Saturday against Indiana. So I think that's always great to have all the fans around in town, a chance to come over to Pagula, not having a chance to get out there last year and get to see the team. Plus, it's a younger team. There's a lot of new faces. I think you're going to look in going to be looking to see who steps up in that leadership area from last year, losing a guy like an Alex Limoges, obviously. You can mention a lot of names, but Alex is the name that jumps out at you. Um, so I think it's nice to develop that that synergy, that chemistry, and have a chance to do it three straight at home and early buy in there with the, with the non-conference gap. Um, and as you mentioned, the only non-conference game in October that's on the road is the one down in, in Nashville, which should be sold out 20,000 strong to see Penn State and North Dakota play a great team from last year that was upset in the NCAA tournament by their conference rival, Minnesota Duluth, because Minnesota Duluth, all they do is win in the postseason. And uh, you're, the <laughs> the only, only other... you're the unofficial voice of Minnesota Duluth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> People don't recognize because Brian does the uh, national championship Frozen Four, so he's had to do a lot of Minnesota Duluth games in his career. I think I know them as well as I know Penn State at this point. Um, <laughs> Probably, yes. You know, the thing I like, too, is you get Maine, then as a non-conference yeah. series on New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. So, And, look, that's a hockey's team. I know they didn't have a great year last year, but Ben Barr is their new head coach. He was at UMass um, and helped them win a national championship last year. But that'll be a good challenge and a good way to reset coming out of the holiday. I think it's impossible. Not impossible. I think it's tough coming back from the holiday 
and jumping right into the Big Ten. Uh, so I think that gives you a good series. I don't want to say a warm-up because they're a good team, yeah. but look, you want to get your legs underneath you before you jump back into the Big Ten with Notre Dame, and so I think that's good. And then the other non-conference, they do have one other non-conference on the road, and that's St. Yeah. Thomas, uh, new to D1 this year, which is good. That's because, because a it's, a, teams, it's a combo with going to Minneapolis to play yep. Mariucci with Minnesota. Yep. You just go across, you know, you just keep on going. By the way, for those who say, "Hey, you'll go across the river." No, University of Minnesota is on the same side of the river as St. Paul. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so. and it's good because I think when you look at Long Island to start their new D one last year, and St. Yeah. Thomas new this year, a lot of teams went out of their way to help Penn State and put Penn State on the schedule when they were going D one. So it's repaying it forward. And it's good for college hockey. With staff turnover, what kind of challenges will Guy Gadowski have, especially when people don't realize that, look, the, the preseason for hockey is very short. But we start, a week later we play. <laughs> yeah, I think that's where having less COVID limitations this offseason will help a lot because then you can meet with your captains and have the captains take the team through practices. The system and the style they want to play isn't going to change. Um, I think Giuliano Pagliaro is a great addition to the staff. He brings a great background of success wherever he's been, but most specifically at UMass Lowell where he was recently. And they, something they haven't had, and if it worked, great, uh, but it wasn't the number one priority on the checklist. Being a great fit for their program and culture was first, but they haven't had someone who was a goaltender and has experience working with great goaltenders. Um, so I think adding him to the staff adds a new wrinkle there. I think it's a, a welcome addition to have someone with that goaltending experience. But also this offseason, they've lost Cam Davidson, strength and conditioning coach, their athletic trainer as well, Justin Rogers. So there's little pieces to the puzzle behind the scene. But I think it all starts with Guy and the culture at the top and still mm-hmm. having Keith Fisher there with him. That it'll be a seamless transition yeah, for them. And, and the leadership right. is really good. Even though I mentioned a lot of new faces, maybe some new leaders this year emerging, uh, it's always been strong foundationally within that culture. So I think the emphasis they've placed on that this offseason will make sure it's smooth. Yeah, uh, and that that's obviously going to be really important for them. Who, yep. who can step up as a leader on this team? Limoges was a really terrific, mm-hmm. not just player, but a personality and a leader. Who can fill now, will it be multiple people that fill that, that role? Yeah, I think it will be multiple people. And, and the good thing about the program is it hasn't always fallen on the shoulders of a senior or your top scorer. Guys are mm-hmm. embraced as having a voice in the locker room, even as freshmen. They, they don't really count as – they don't go through the classification as, oh, well, he's a senior, he must be a leader. Right. It's never been the case uh, with this program. Um, but I would say Connor McEachern, Connor McMenamin – uh, Oscar Audio, Clayton Phillips, uh, those would be some of the names that, that stick out. And then it'll be interesting to see how last year's freshman class, how they integrate more into the program this year now that there's not so many restrictions, not just on the ice and in the building, but away from the ice where they can get to know their teammates a little bit better and have an opportunity to hang out maybe as a team prior to the season where last year in August, September, October, they're just staying within their four or five of them live together that's who you need to stay with because you can't outside of the building you don't want to risk a potential COVID event with your entire team so I think that'll help too into developing that leadership and that chemistry Uh, what will um, what's the largest crowd you have seen in the last 20 months oh man um 
I was at a Phillies game against the Yankees, 38,000. Okay. Uh, last largest crowd you broadcast? Frozen 4, 5,000? 5,000? Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know that uh, he said, uh, uh, you know, you sit back and you look at that. It, like, they make such a big difference in a broadcast only because of oh. the ambiance of it. Uh, mm-hmm. And I just think it, you know, it makes – it'll be interesting on Saturday because Saturday is going to be – I think somebody told me there are like 5,000 seats still remaining. Uh, well, but you know what, Brian? I'll be honest with you. None of this surprises me because I've said on the show several times, I don't know what to expect. Yeah, uh, I don't either. Yeah, I think it's a great point. I, I just don't know what to expect. I mean, because there are some people that are aching to go, that are hesitant to go, and or some people are like, hey, not right now, versus, hey, gung-ho, can't wait to get back, and they're going. I just I don't know how to predict how people are going to act about going back. No, I don't think you can fault anyone for whatever their opinion may be either. You don't know their circumstances. And I, I think last year, look, if you were a regular longtime season ticket holder and you made the trek up for all seven home games, maybe you realize what that television experience may be like uh, as well. It's just our country's been through a lot, not just with COVID, but financially, economically, how people have been impacted by this. Um, and obviously we're still not entirely in the clear from that yet and far from it. So I think it will be very interesting to see what happens. There's going to be a buzz. There's no doubt no, a lot of excitement exactly. for yes. people to get back there. Um, but still, if you open up a newspaper or just open up your web browser, whatever it is these days, whatever the thing is in 2021, uh, there's still a reason the headlines still say what they say. Uh, that's always still at back or maybe in forefront of, of many people's minds. And right. It should be. Uh, back to the schedule. We talked about the game down in Nashville. Uh, any expectations about, you talked about you're expecting a huge crowd, but mm-hmm. uh, it seems like Nashville has really embraced big time the sport of hockey down there. How interested are you to see what it actually is like down there? Yeah, I hope to get a gauge. I think it's a great hockey spit. I think you've seen that in other places where these markets are starved for a professional team. Um, Nashville, they don't have NBA. They don't have Major League Baseball. So outside of the NFL, I think they were very hungry for another professional team. That's why it worked. I think Vegas worked for that same reason. Seattle's going to work for that same reason as well. They wanted hockey. I'll tell you this. With North Dakota going, you could have put that game anywhere. You could put that on the surface of the sun, and there probably would have been 20,000 people there. Um, So I'm not sure what will get a gauge on it from an NHL standpoint or even from a hockey city standpoint, because I have a feeling most of those people, North Dakota plays this game every year, and they move it across the country, and their fans all fly in for it. Uh, A majority of them are their alumni from across the country. So I'm not sure we get that feel for it, Steve. But I'm, I'm interested to see just Nashville as a whole has such a great vibe to it. I've never been there. Yeah. And I know they've embraced hockey so much. And I want to see what the Predators people, the people who are going to be at the game, following the game, working the game, I think they're going to welcome hosting college hockey and such a great, yeah. two great programs on that stage. I think that's what's most interesting to me. Yeah, I've done uh, Vanderbilt basketball down there. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a great city to be in. It's interesting. 
the NHL. The NHL, I think, has done a brilliant job with picking out some cities where they can be the show. Las, yeah. Ve- Las Vegas, Nashville. Now they're doing that with Seattle, where they can be the show. I think what they've done, what's interesting is the NBA gets all the credit, and certainly so for some of the uh, things that they've done and you know, the popularity yeah. of the game. The NHL, in a lot of ways, has been smarter than they have. Mm-hmm. I think you'll also see that with their new TV deal. I think getting yeah. back on ESPN for that. Not, I thought NBC was an excellent television partner. I do too. But you just, even when they signed that contract, I thought hands down, right decision. Look at what NBC is giving you. Not only with NBC at the time versus an outdoor network, whatever it was, um, and then all the way along to NBCSN, but. I didn't account for what not having any vehicle of cross promotion, sports center, highlights, did not have that investment from ESPN, which when you walk into a restaurant, sports bar, whatever it is, ESPN's always on, how much that would hurt the National Hockey League. And I think their new TV deal, having yeah. two television partners, which I think is an important aspect of it. If you look what's made the Big Ten successful for all these years. They have ABC, ESPN, they Mm -hmm. have Fox, and they have CBS for basketball. So I think it's a really wise television deal, and I think that continues to trend in the right direction for the National Hockey League. I think they've been really smart about what they've done. I know Gary Bettman gets a lot lot of heat um, from the fans, which commissioner doesn't. They all get booed. It's a cool thing to do these days. But I think they've made a lot of really smart decisions here in the last decade, and this is just another one of those as their popularity should continue to climb. Well, a lot of smart decisions are being made in a lot of different areas, and we'll talk about one a little bit later that I know is extremely smart, but we're not going to get into it right now. All right? All right. Appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. Appreciate it. Thank you, Appreciate you. Uh, we you will, are the best. We will talk more next week about that. Thank you, sir. Sounds good. Yep. All right. Brian Tripp joining us. Uh, by the way, uh, Zach uh, Tarburton is the starting right tackle. Yes, that's right. For Bucknell, it's like, do I have to be the only one? I'm yes, he mi- he missed last year due to injury, and he's back now. Yeah, I mean, I, I looked I mean, it up ran, during the during the interview. We here. ran this by the color analyst, and no clue, <laughs> none. Doug knew all about it. You know all about it. Color analyst asked, "How do you pronounce his last name?" I just don't. I don't know where we're going here. I'm concerned. Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. I mean, don't you worry? And then who's giving out the awards? They're giving out awards. So they doesn't even know who the people are. What can I say? <laughs> Wool. Eyes. Pulled. All right. Back with more. <laughs> back with more in a moment. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. I mean, when you're working a game and the analyst walks in the booth and says, who are we playing, do you get concerned? Yeah, it's probably not ideal. <sighs> ah, the world of Doug Birdsong. Ah, I'm here. Who are we playing? <laughs> it's like, oh. <laughs> so it's just concerning. I don't know. Oh, well. Great to have you with us today. Thanks to Brian Tripp for joining us, talking a little Penn State hockey with the schedule now out for the upcoming season. 
you're wondering why men's hockey, women's hockey already have their schedules out as opposed to wrestling, men's and women's basketball. They start their season sooner, that's why. Uh, we mentioned uh, that they are starting their season October 3rd. Well, uh, wrestling doesn't begin until the end of November and men's and women's basketball around the 9th and 10th of November. That's the reason why, just the timing of it. Uh, we've talked about Joe Hayden on this show with the Steelers, and the opinion was that you know, the consensus was that uh, he probably would not get a new contract. Well, uh, he confirmed today that he's going to test the free agent market in 2022 and is not going to get a new contract. He's in that gray area right now as a player, a veteran that still has skills without question. But how many more good years does he have in him? He's 32. uh, And that's the issue right there. Um, You know, his agent is Drew Rosenhaus. And, and, you know, you need money for T.J. Watt. This is not smart business. Um, the bottom line is when you get to be 32 in the NFL, it almost is for some organizations a year-by-year approach. But they got him for this year, and then go from there. It doesn't mean Hayden's a bad player. He's a, he's really slip. No, it's just I think at some point though, when you're an organization, you have to ask yourself, as an organization, if we commit somebody to somebody long term. What are we going to get in the latter part of that long term? There may be some short-term benefit, but long-term maybe not. And that's what you're concerned about. That was That's always been, for example, the approach of Bill Belichick. Darrell Rivas, really, really good, fabulous, but he probably cut Rivas maybe a year before he started to head down. And that's... It goes back to the Bill Walsh conversation with Randy Cross. you got five more years left in the league, but I think you only have two really good ones. I only want you for your two. That's the business part of it. It's one thing you can't get too um, sentimental in the business end of it. As sentimental as fans can be, and I understand that, As sentimental as broadcasters can be, I get that. For as sentimental as the coaching staff wants to be, sometimes you got to have somebody looks around and says, no, from a business point of view, this isn't smart. That's about what it's come down to for a guy like Joe Hayden. By the way, I asked the suit. He thought Bishop Sycamore was a really good team. You oh no! Get, you wonder why I get concerned. <laughs> yeah, that now that one's concerning. I mean, God, he worries me. 